finals in the NBA have wrapped. We are gearing up for the finals matchup that we now have at hand. We'll also get you some headlines from around the sports world as well. But let's go ahead and start with the conference finals. Laying out the two matchups that we had. We had in the Western Conference, we had the Suns and the Clippers, Ben. This one went six games. In the first game, Chris Paul did not play, and neither did Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Devin Booker answered that call by getting his first-ever career triple-double of 40 points, 13 uh, assists, and 11 rebounds, I believe. Um, just a massive game for him, so the Suns got out of that one. Um, in game two... It was a finish for the ages. It looked like the Clippers would be able to tie up the series going back to Los Angeles. However, despite Devin Booker breaking his nose on Patrick Beverly's forehead, Paul George, in the final seconds, missed two free throws that would have put the Clippers up by three. Uh, And DeAndre Ayton, Caught an alley-oop from out of bounds to quickly dunk it with 0.8 seconds left uh, before the buzzer expired. And uh, and so that put up the Suns 104 to 103. Um, lots, of, lots of conversation around this game. One thing that got lost in it was that immediately after the game-winning basket by eight and DeMarcus Cousins shoved Devin Booker um, – pretty harshly, um, but that kind of got forgotten in the mix of everything, considering that the final 90 seconds of play took 33 minutes of real time to get through as the game continued to stop due to replay. Now, Ben, let's just visit this real quick because there's a lot of conversations around this game and the role that replay should play in – I guess sports in general, but specifically in this case, the NBA and how they should wrap games up. And were some of these were some of these calls or were some of these reviews excessive? Were some of the stoppages unnecessary? Did they get the calls right? All different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll answer the question that yes, the replays were absolutely excessive. Uh, some of them were very much well. There, there, there's really only one that I say, okay, that, that replay is really uncalled for. Um, but as far as did you get the call right, I think all the calls were made right. Thankfully so, if you're going to spend a half hour on it. But some of the things just don't need to be replayed. The one particular of no, uh, I don't know who the defender was, but they hit it out of uh, Devin Booker's hand. Patrick Beverly. I know yeah. what you're talking about now. Yeah, and all of a sudden they're taking like 
five minutes, like real time minutes to see, oh, did Patrick Beverly like hit it out? Was it still on Devin Booker's fingertips? It's like, okay, we don't need to replay that. There needs to be some kind of like rule established where it's like, well, now Ben, the the what? the rule they did rule that it was out on Devin Booker. I think if you don't replay it, you you rule that it's out on Beverly. Yeah, yeah, and so like I get the change of like like the change of possession. I get that, but at the same time, you knock the ball out to keep the flow and the pace of the game. You just say it's out on the defender, okay? Like because. If that's the case, then you literally have an argument to go to replay on every single out of bounds. No, which, I, yeah. In which that's what it felt like. Every single, you know, 30 seconds was like another replay. And honestly, you, you saw that, uh, you know, I know like there wasn't an official rule change, but I guarantee you the NBA kind of let their officials know that, hey, next time this happens just keep the game going okay like there's no need to go to a replay on this it's not good for the game it's not good for the league okay it's ticky tack it's not it 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 changed it's an unnecessary change to the game i i think it's similar to the nfl's catch rule you know after uh the Steelers tight end Jesse James had that catch for a touchdown and all of a sudden, oh, well, he didn't really survive the ground. Like he caught it, turned, and then fell fell to the ground and the ball moved a little bit. So therefore he didn't have any control of it. So it's incomplete. And then the NFL kind of goes like, hey, that's a catch. And so throughout the rest of the season, any call that that was that way, it was ruled a catch. So I, I, I think that's how it is. Was it out on Booker? Yes, but at the same time, no, we don't need these kind of replays. Let's let's just keep it going. I mean, here's the deal. If you don't look at that replay for the entirety of basketball history, that play is out on the defender, whoever, you know, knock the ball or block the ball or whatever, out of bounds. Um if you go to the if you go to all levels of basketball except the NBA, that is still the case because not the other levels aren't using replay. Um, unless, you know, maybe like call it like the high tier college basketball, um, you know, maybe, um, but like high school, you know, lower tier college, like they're not using replay. Um, and if you want to, you know, just make it abundantly clear, these replays are only coming in the last two minutes so for 46 out of 48 minutes in an NBA game, they're also defaulting to saying that it's out on the defender and not looking at it. So I, I don't think it's, you know, there are some that are going to argue it's the right call. It was out on Booker. I would argue it's not the right call. Booker didn't make the ball go out of bounds. It just so happened that when he hit the, when, um, when Beverly hits the um, ball, like it grazes his pinky because that's just kind of how science works. And like, you know, like, like, like if I'm holding the ball straight up and you hit it down and out of my hands, it's probably going to hit the edge of my pinky. Like if you like hit it and then take your hand off or whatever, it's hitting the edge of my pinky or whatever before the, 
It's just, I don't know. It's it's getting way too technical when the obvious call should just be that it's out on the defender because the defender is the reason why it is going out of bounds. There's no effect that the offensive player is putting on it that is causing it to go out of bounds or intention by the offensive player to make it go out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand, like, but like if we're going technicalities of the rules, it's who did who's the last touch by. But like, yeah, I see your point. I see your point. And yeah, I we, we both kind of have this agree uh, agreement that it really should not be reviewed. It ruins the flow of the game. And, I mean, it all, and it honestly makes like, I guess all that stuff does lead to the finish of the game that we got, which is a fantastic finish, but. I mean, well, that's the other thing is, you know, you don't want to alter the rules of the replay or whatever. So say you just, you're like, no, it's perfectly fine. Well, is it perfectly fine that all of a sudden both teams after playing a full game, get a half hour of rest and get four extra timeouts in between plays and I mean, like, for, I mean, honestly, you look at that last play, that last play probably doesn't happen if it's just, oh, ball out, hand it to Crowder, figure out what you're doing. No, they got an extra timeout. They drew up eight and, you know, Booker set a screen, eight and come in, throw it up to the rim. Like, is there is there any sort of what it, I guess what are we going to say is more of a tarnishment to the game? Like, is it the replay and uh, making sure it didn't hit Devin Booker's finger when Patrick Beverly launched it out of bounds, or is it giving the Suns an extra timeout or giving the players a half hour of rest, or is that not affecting the game more than just making sure, oh, yeah, we called it right or whatever? Uh, well, because those are factors. I mean, you get to the end of a game, people are tired. Oh, well, here's a half hour of rest. Well, now everyone's not tired. Oh, you guys need oh, you guys don't have any more timeouts. Well, let's go take a look at the replay. We're gonna take a three-minute break, gather around your benches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the all those things definitely play into a factor of you know how the game finishes and ends. And honestly, like it also factors into how coaches manage their teams. They're like, okay, hey, you know, why don't we just uh figure out a way to get the officials to the replay booth on some, you know, certain scheme and that'll buy us another timeout, even though we blew all our timeouts, you know, Mm -hmm. I definitely think this problem got addressed mid series. And I don't think we really had much of a problem throughout the rest of the series, but yeah, yeah, that game too was very much like it was exciting game too, but at the same time it was, kind of ruined by all those replays Mm -hmm. well game game three chris paul came back and despite that uh the clippers blew out the suns i was there watching that game with ben it was a very boring game but ben was very into it um um for for uh specific reasons very very specific reasons and not gonna lie it was very it was a very boring game but mostly also kind of frustrating if you were pulling for the Suns for whatever reason you may do that for. Um, <laughs> um yeah. game four. So game three. So 
Booker broke his nose in game two. He started wearing this mask then, like the old Rip Hamilton mask. Um, and and so game four, um, I think, was the game where he eventually took it off mid-game despite having the broken nose um, because I don't know if it was affecting him or whatever. But he struggled from the floor. Eight and, however, had like 19 and 22. He had an, a fantastic game. The Suns pulled out the game four victory to go up 3-1 in the series. Um, game five, the Clippers took that one. Paul George had 41-13 and in maybe the best playoff game of his career. Um, Beverly received a flagrant foul on Chris Paul and mocked him afterwards because he felt he had flopped. But I think if you look at the replay, it, 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 it didn't appear that he flopped because he was in the air and then got hit and then he was on his back. And I suppose you can, he might've contorted his body a little bit, but I don't think you can contort it that much. Um, he didn't know Chris Paul was an acrobat at 36 years old. <laughs> well, I mean, Chris Paul does have the reputation preceding him though. Um, the, and then in game six, uh, Chris Paul went off. He had 41 points and eight assists. It's the most points he's ever scored in any half in his career, regular season or playoffs. Thirty, he scored thirty-one in the second half, um, and it was in the half that sent him to his first finals. However, the last time he did do it once before, the last time he had that many points, it was nineteen years ago in high school when he dropped sixty-one points in the game to honor his grandfather who was killed at age sixty-one. Um, but a great game for Chris Paul. Patrick Beverly got ejected for shoving Chris Paul from behind in what can only be described as a dirty play. Um, it didn't appear that Chris Paul had done anything to provoke him in that instance. Um, but he just came full force and shoved him, um, which you can't have because there is a risk for injury and such. Um, Could you imagine I, if like Chris Paul actually – like? used his arms to like you know break, break his fall and then all of a sudden he had like an elbow injury or an arm injury and whatnot or or just like or if he just landed weird or got or like he pushed something weird in his back or you know something like yeah. that like the nba would have probably crashed down on beverly so hard for that i still think they need to like he needs to be like, i don't know they could they crashed they crashed down on Chris Paul pretty hard when the then New Orleans Hornets tried to trade him to the Lakers with Kobe and such and they vetoed it. <laughs> Back right before they won those championships in 08 and 09 and or 09 and 10, whatever those years were. The back-to-back titles for the Lakers that <laughs> Chris Paul would have been a part of, but wasn't. Um uh, but yeah, so Chris Paul had a great game in game six. It is. So the, the Suns won in six, four, two. You think if Paul George hits those free throws in game two, like they might be up three, two after game five and it's a completely different series. Um, but nevertheless, Clippers go down. The Suns advance to the finals here. Here's, uh, something I found interesting is that, um, you know, maybe a year ago, Chris Paul I know for sure two years ago, definitely a year ago, Chris Paul was considered the worst contract in the NBA. 
Houston added four first round picks to be able to trade him to Oklahoma city for Russell Westbrook. Uh, and then Oklahoma city then traded him for Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre jr. Who they immediately sent off to the warriors for a pick and a first round pick. Um, no one thought he was a superstar any longer. And he responded with an MVP caliber season and a final strip. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't think the Suns were finals contenders. Well, were like a finals team when Chris Paul joined the Suns, but I did think it made the Suns an incredible team. Uh, like one, one of the, a team that can compete in the West because Chris Paul just, he's a winner. He, he's a winner. He's a good distributor of the ball. And it seemed like that was what the Suns were missing when they were, uh, not not even missing like in the bubble per se because I don't think they lost the game in the bubble. But what they were missing in their regular season before the NBA season had gotten temporarily suspended, and so like once they had realized, okay, we have this amount of talent, they need to go get that cornerstone leader. And that was Chris Paul, and I, I, they took a risk taking that huge contract, but ultimately, it's paying off for them right now. Yes, for sure. Um, and now there's conversation of whether or not Chris Paul is going to get a four-year massive deal after this finals. I would probably, I mean, I, he might get it just on the principle, but I would probably advise against it. He's 36 years old, going to go, so he'll be 40 in the last year of that deal. And he's been fairly injury prone most of his career. And he's an undersized point guard. I get he's valuable, but I don't know if I would given him the full four year max, whatever deal that is. Well, you can imagine if he wins a finals, he's going to make a pretty sizable amount of money. So, and not to mention no. his, not to mention he'll, he'll probably be on the cover of 2k if he wins the finals. I mean, yeah, Maybe. Yeah, and so, so he's going to get lots of endorsements. I, I would imagine he might give the Suns a little bit of a discount because he seems to really like it there in Phoenix. So Yeah, but... We'll just have to see on this. I mean, a four-year deal. Like, maybe a two-year deal I'd do for whatever amount. Mm-hmm. But a four-year deal seems way too far. I mean, that's how you get stuck kind of like the Rockets were... I mean, back when they thought he was a bad contract, that's he was on a four-year deal that was paying him $40 million a year. And uh, and he was aging, and they weren't seeing he was getting hurt and stuff. So so I don't know if a, if a four-year deal. I might do like a two-year deal that's max or whatever. But, you know, you got to think. Booker's coming up here, you got to pay him. Aiton's coming up, you got to pay him. Um, So I don't know if I'd want to – submit $45 million of my cap to Chris Paul, who will be when he's, you know, 38 or whatever. I mean, yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. The the years are a little bit long, especially when, when he hits that last year of his contract, he's going to be 40. So yeah, I mean, you, you can't have Chris, I, you know, I understand Chris Paul's very good. I can't have him making $54 million when he's 40 years old. Yeah. <laughs> 
I can imagine um, the Suns will probably work something out. If not, he'll yeah. The Sun, I I think the Suns for sure will work something out. I don't see him leaving or find you know finding somewhere else. Yeah. Um. So, let's see. Oh, it was also a bit of a note that um they won the so they won it in Game Six. They were in Los Angeles. Obviously, Chris Paul was a major part of the Los Angeles Clippers becoming a relevant organization about 10 years ago um, and doing the Lob City and stuff there. Um, he, in his speech or whatever, when they, when they, you know, crowned him the conference, he thanked the city of Los Angeles and the people and the fans just booed, um, which I thought was interesting considering like the Clippers probably don't have Kawhi Leonard and stuff and aren't where they are now without Chris Paul um, kind of turning that franchise around. He was sent, he was sent, they vetoed him trade to the Lakers and then he went to the Clippers. And at the time the Clippers were a joke and he came in with Blake Griffin, Deandre Jordan, and they had some great runs. And then, um, and then he was traded to Houston. Yeah. Um, I think it's good that he said what he said about the Clippers, you know, just trying to give the Clippers fans something positive. I don't blame the Clippers fans all that much. I I think of them as like the Colts fans when they found out Andrew Luck was retiring at the Bears. You know, the Colts fans booed Andrew Luck off the field and whatnot. Where really it's like, okay, you look back on it, Chris Paul gave – the Clippers, a lot of good memories, a lot of good teams, a lot of good fronts, and I'm sure they're going to look back and, you know, realize what he really did for the city. But in that moment, their team just lost. Last thing they want to hear is someone saying, oh, I want to thank this city, even though I don't even play for him. It's like, bro, like, I can imagine a Clippers fan is just like, just doesn't want to hear any of it at that time. But I think looking back on it, they'll they'll come to respect Chris Paul for what he did for that city. Moving into the Eastern Conference, you have the Bucks and the Hawks. In game one, the Bucks pulled or the sorry, the Hawks pulled it out 116 to 113. Game two was a Bucks blowout. Game three was the Bucks. They ended the game on a 25-7 to run. Middleton outscored Atlanta 20-17 to alone in the fourth. Um, and Trey Young sprained his ankle. In game four, Trey Young did not play. Also, uh, Giannis hyperextended his knee in the second half. It was a pretty gruesome injury if you watched it. Um, they only showed the replay once. It was one of those like, oh, shouldn't show that again on TV. Um, it was a, it was a pretty, it was a pretty, uh, gnarly injury. The Hawks blew out the Bucks, made it two, two. Um, and then in game five, Giannis and Trey Young both out, um, and the Bucks won leading the whole way. Um, it did come out that Giannis, I mean, when he, when he got injured, I mean, it looked terrible. Um, it turns out that he just hyperextended the knee. There was no structural damage. Um, there's an unclear timetable for his return. And in game six, Trey Young played, but the Bucks were still able um, to pull out the victory and take the series in six 
So they'll take on the Suns on Tuesday. Um, I guess tonight, if you're listening now, this is pre-recorded, but um uh I mean, what did you make of this? What do you make of this series, Ben? Um I think first and foremost is, you know, just a huge tip of the cap to the Atlanta Hawks, you know, just the the postseason they were able to put together. Um, especially with the way they even started like the regular season, you know, they had to replace their head coach. Nate Lee came in, did a good job. Um, they, they played some pretty tough series and ultimately they just didn't have the power to firepower to keep going, especially when Trey young got hurt. So tip of the cap to them. Uh, it, it was pretty evident that, uh, the bucks were going to win this series. Uh, I think I think the fact that the Hawks even took it six games was a little bit of a shock to people. I think a lot of people will talk. Well, Giannis did get hurt. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I, I was going to get to that point. <laughs> Giannis got hurt because they were trying to get back in a game where they were getting blown out with a Trey Youngless Hawks team. I don't understand that game. Maybe you can make sense of that game. Maybe you can just say bad half or whatnot. But I'm just like, no, this team, I have been told by so many people, it's Trey Young and nothing. And they were getting beat by 11 at halftime with Giannis. Like, if Giannis comes out swinging in that game to where they have, even if it's a ball game to where it's like, you know, even at the half or maybe like the Bucks up five or something like that. There's no reason for the Bucks to go as hard as they were because they were going hard in that third quarter. They were definitely going to get back in that game if Giannis doesn't get hurt. I, I could see it. But the fact that the Bucks came out so flat in that game with no Trey Young, I don't I just don't get it. Uh, and, and and the fact and that was and honestly it went six games, but Giannis in the two losses played three of the four halves yeah no i mean all i all i can say is that the nba fluctuates um and unless it's like unless you've got a lebron team that's fully healthy like i think i think here's i know i honestly i see the eye roll ben i see the eye roll mm-hmm. honestly i think i think here's what i think people don't get about the LeBron factor for this is the first year. Yeah. This is the first season since 2010 that LeBron will not be in the finals. Ex- I, with the, I thought with the, two years with, ago. With the exception that he was injured two years ago. He was injured two years ago. I thought he was just on a crummy team two years ago. No, he, he they were the they were the four seed in the West, and then he went down for two months, and then they couldn't, and then his team, I mean the team also wasn't very good, so then he they couldn't climb back into the playoff okay. standings in time. Okay. But but I I chalked that one up to he was out for two months to injury in the regular season, um, but it's the first time without injury that LeBron will not be in the finals since 2010 which is insane. Like that doesn't happen, especially at this level of basketball where everyone, everyone is very good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and like the series, for instance, like this, like the Suns here. Mm-hmm. The Suns went. What they do? Six games with the Clippers, six games with the Lakers, and uh, well, they swept the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in all all of those series, none of the teams were fully healthy. Um, like last year, the Lakers went five games with the healthy Blazers, five games with the healthy Rockets, and five games with um, who they play in the conference finals. Uh, I believe it was Denver again. Was it Denver? Oh, yeah, it was. Um, and they went five games with Denver, and they were healthy, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and then they went six with uh, Miami. But, the like, in the East, when LeBron was in the East, it was first-round sweep, second-round sweep, this one in five, finals. Like, this one in five, this one in five, this one in four finals this one in five this one in five like i don't think people understand like that's not normal and the i mean you just look at the series like the bucks took six games to get through the hawks the hawks took six games to get through the sixers the or seven i forget the um seven the the bucks took seven to get through the nets the the Suns took six to get through the to get through the Clippers. The Clippers took six to get through the Jazz. The Clippers took seven to get through the Mavs. Like mo- that's how I think the rest of the league plays these series. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think we just got we got. I mean, we had ten years of just watching LeBron bounce through the playoffs like it was nothing until he gets to the finals and plays, you know, like the Warriors with Kevin Durant or whatever. Um, And so that's what I think. I think it's more common for these series to go longer. Everyone's supposed to be good at this point. Everyone's supposed to be on a pretty equal playing field at this point in the season. Like the domination of LeBron and his teams for the past 10 years has created this like expectation that only like you must be a bad team if it takes you six games in the conference finals to advance, you know, <laughs> like well, what well, with how bad Atlanta has been trashed, like if, like so many people say Hawks are Trey Young and if Trey Young's not there, they're nothing. Well, I would say. Here's what I would say to that. I would say, I wouldn't say the Hawks are trash. I would say without Trey Young, they aren't like they can get a game, is what I would say in in a playoff series. Like they would not like Trey Young puts them to where they made the conference finals. Mm-hmm. But without Trey Young, they probably I don't know about I don't know if they lose the Knicks. It would definitely would have gone that probably six or seven. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Knicks probably could have taken because Trey Young was a huge factor in winning yeah. some of those games. And I know they're not beating the 76ers without Trey Young. That is because fair. that was that was more, I mean, that series in itself was more so of a case of the 76ers falling apart um than than the Hawks overcoming them. But the I, I think that's I think that's Trey. I would say this team is 
much closer, like without Trey Young, they'd probably be an 11 seed and not make the playoffs if they had, if they didn't have Trey Young for a regular season instead of being a five seed and then putting together a little bit of a run. But they're still a very, like, they still got a lot of work to do. They're very young. Um, I think they do have good pieces, but they're not as consistent. Again, they're young. Like, it's just, um, you know, you're looking for the growth out of, I mean, even Trey Young. Trey Young's, what, 21 years old, something like that. Um, so you're going to get growth from Trey Young. You're going to get dr- growth from DeAndre Hunter, who was hurt. Um, you're going to get growth from Cameron Reddish. You're going to get growth from Bogdanovich. You're going to get growth from Herter. Um, and so it's it's just a lot of – it's a lot of – you can tell, like, like the Bucks are a veteran, been-here-before team, and the Hawks are the new, young, developing team. And so I would say that's, that's the – why everyone assumed that they didn't have a chance. I mean, everyone assumed they didn't have a chance with the 76ers. And I think for the most part, you're right. The 76ers kind of fell apart. But um, but that was a surprise that they beat the 76ers. Yeah, it, it was a little bit of a surprise that they beat the 76ers. Um, but I, overall, I think the Hawks were just – I think a lot of people are overlooking how Nate McMillan took over this team. And honestly made this team a very well-coached team to where they could they could exploit a little bit of weaknesses. They might have had a lot of weaknesses and shortcomings of their own, but they would exploit yours. Like Ben Simmons was a non-factor in that series. And part of it was because he like kind of imploded. But I think you got to give credit to the Hawks where they kind of forced Ben Simmons to implode. Like, no, I I know I give credit to the Hawks for winning the series. I'm just saying that the 76ers statistically should be a better team than the Hawks, just based on the experience and who's on the team and what they have. Um, but I give credit. Um, I will give full credit to the Hawks for being able to pull out in a seven game series with the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's why I think when it's a when it's a surprise that they beat the Sixers, that's why it's well they can't do it again with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Like the odds that a team would go through the Knicks, through the Sixers, through the Bucks to the finals when they are a overperforming young team. I think that's why the, the there was little chance given. All right. It'd be like, I mean, it'd be like if uh, I'm trying to think of a. Oh. Trying to think of a good example. It'd be like if it'd be like if the uh, if like last year, if you had like the Titans. And you said, okay, first Titans are going to play. Um, I'm trying to, I can't even remember the teams that are like good and stuff. Or the Browns. The Browns are a bad example. First, the Browns got to play Steelers. Then the Browns got to play the Titans. Then the Browns got to play. Um, who was who was second in the AFC? 
the Bills? Yeah, then the Browns got to play the Bills, then the Browns got to play the Chiefs, and then they're in the Super Bowl. It'd be like, okay, well, the Browns beat the Steelers, a little bit of a surprise. Oh, the Browns beat the Titans, a little bit of a surprise. Um, now they, now they got to play the Bills. Oh, wow, they pulled it off against the Bills? Well, they can't do it. They The odds of the Browns going through – to all the way to the Super Bowl through the Chiefs and everything. That just they're still not going to be favored when they play Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting them to be favored over Milwaukee. I just like and I've got and I've got a correspondent here who would say the Browns are not a very good football team, despite if they were able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where my equivalent comes in. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. <laughs> but so the Bucks are advancing. Um, the the status of Giannis remains unknown. It's going to be assumed that he's going to miss at least the first couple games here. Um, with no structural damage, we're not really sure um, – what that means as far as the knee is concerned, but let's get to a few of the headlines here, and then we'll come back and make our finals pick. So Alex Caruso was arrested in Texas for possession of marijuana and drug paraphernalia. Um, in his defense, that's legal in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's I don't I don't know anything else about about the story, but that's essentially what I'm chalking it up to is that he probably just didn't think about it because it's legal in California. Yeah, here here's the thing, like I guess because essentially you know against federal law it is still quote unquote illegal, but you know people just aren't enforcing that anymore. Yeah, uh, and so or, like that, or states states have made it legal. Yeah, states have made it legal, but technically federally, you know, it's not. But you know, they kind of just ignore that policy now, and kind of let, leave it up to the states. But not all states have gotten on board with it. And then when it goes to like all states being on board with it, then you have to kind of go to individual businesses or organizations. And so, you know, when it comes to when you're a part of a organization, you know, you kind of got to understand like the rules and the circumstances. Now people have their own reasons for doing it, whether medically, recreationally, or, you know, doing it to get through hard times, you know, whatever your reason may be, you know, you got to be able to, you got to know the risks. And so I, I think that's one of the main issues here is people are surprised when you know, they get caught and they're suspended. And it's like, oh, well, I have this, this, and this reason. It's like, well, you can imagine that just because the state had it legalized that the organization that you're a part of probably went up, had some kind of meeting saying, hey, even though this is legal – we're still not going to make it legal at this time, you know, 
such as like you know an example if you bet sports in ohio you're going to get in trouble why because ohio has not legalized it even though indiana has you know and so there's all those sorts of things ben learned that one the hard way okay i did not learn that the hard way but it's just an example it's just an example or or if you like go to a a a christian college and you know basically two feet on the floor yeah well i I was going to use the excuse of uh or not the excuse the the re the uh, um example of alcohol you know when you're 21 you can drink alcohol but if you're a part of a christian university they have their own guidelines for that kind of use. And if you get caught in your trouble, it's like, oh, I'm 21. I should be able to do it. It's like, well, no, when you agreed to come to the school, you agreed to go by their, uh, by their bylaws. And so mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's, it's one, it's like a similar factor to that. So it's, you know, I don't want to like criticize anyone because it's like, oh, it's legal now. But at the same time, you had to have known that when you were, you know, uh using marijuana that there was a risk involved that you were going to get caught and from what i hear marijuana stays in your system for a very long time (laughs) uh it only stays in it according to a police officer at a concert i worked it only stays in it for maybe a month well that's long enough (laughs) um the nba lottery happened um the Pistons got the number one pick, which will presumably be uh, Cade Cunningham. And the Rockets, Cavs, and Raptors round out the top four. The Pacers got number 13, which essentially means uh, we'll get some other mediocre guy who probably won't be on the team in three years. Yeah. It, it's amazing. They can never get – they can never land a good spot in the lottery. I mean, do you do you do you think the Pacers are you of the opinion, as some are, that the Pacers should just make up their minds? Do you want to be decent and get playoff spots, or do you want to get a good draft pick? Because right now you're doing neither. <laughs> I'd ra- I'd rather be decent, okay? I I'd rather be decent. No, I, yeah, I'd rather be decent and get a good playoff spot. But if I'm not going to make the playoffs, I should at least get a decent draft pick. Well, with the amount of injuries that the Pacers had, like, honestly, they probably should have just tanked it in. Like, yeah. They should have. They, well, yeah, because it was actually it was actually funny. The Pacers were absolutely atrocious for about a solid month. Yeah. And, like, it, it was getting so bad that they were losing to, like, they were getting blown out by, like, the Kings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the last three or four weeks of the season, they just caught fire. And yeah, push for the bubble. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, are you kidding me. We right had we, we had a good pick. Like, so, yeah, so, so that was frustrating. But, but but historically, what the Pacers do in the draft is they either draft someone like Goga Batadze, who everyone goes, who the heck is that? And then it turns out, oh, there's a reason we didn't know him. Um, or they or they do something like they draft a Kawhi Leonard or a Paul George, and then they immediately trade them. Yeah. I remember when I first learned that Kawhi or, was originally drafted the Pacers. Or a Kaylor or a Karis LeVert. They traded Karis LeVert on draft night, and now that he's back on the team. Okay, not going to lie. I thought you were about ready to break news right there, and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> no, 
No, he was he was drafted by the Pacers, traded on draft night. Now he's back on the team via trade. Imagine having Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Karis Levert, and Sabonis on the same team. No, it'd be it'd be nice. Well, you wouldn't have Sabonis because you got that in the Paul George trade. Okay, fair enough. But Miles Turner, I mean, I'll substitute that. <laughs> yeah. But no, but you I'm, you would I'm be just... the you would be the Clippers in Indiana. If you yeah. just held, have you held your draft picks? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, here, here's what here's what I'll say. As a Pacers fan, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the season if we can remain healthy. Like I know there's a couple like trade rumors going around. I'm going to try to ignore those for the most part. But like with Sabonis or not Sabonis, with uh, Brogdon at the point, Sabonis Turner. Uh, Warren is supposed to be coming back, and then uh, uh, Lavert. I think that's a. It's not a great starting lineup because it's probably missing that superstar, but it's a solid lineup. I think that that's a that's a mid round. Uh, in the East, it's a mid round seed if if all five stay healthy. Not to mention, I think they got a pre pretty decent bench. Mm. Um. The Celtics hired Nets assistant coach. I'm going to try here. <laughs> Ime Udoka or I'm Udaka. Ime Akwadaka. I'll just, it's I M E space U D O K U D O K A. Okay. It's, it's a weird combination of letters. So, yeah. But, they hire that's their new coach over in Boston. Yeah, and I think we discussed this uh last week that like, you know, a lot of the players who uh who are currently on the Boston roster, they, they like the pick and they really liked him as a candidate, and so they went ahead and got him. Mm-hmm. Um the Pacers hired Rick Carlisle, four years, twenty nine million. That um that, that I like. That I like. Ben Ben immediately sends me a text message says what do you think and I say <laughs> I'm surprised I think that's about as good as you could have hoped for. Well, what I could as good as I could have hoped for is the Hawks not to bring back uh, Nate McMillan and the Pacers to give him a nice little oh my con- gosh nice big old contract happen. to come on back. <laughs> <laughs> Delusion. Um, but no, I think I thought. Of the of the candidate pool, um, I thought Rick Carlisle was probably the top of it. So I was surprised that Indiana was able to bring him in. Good. Um, also, on his way out, Carlisle said that he hoped that Jason Kidd would coach Luca. Um. About right after that, the Mavs hired Jason Kidd um, as their new head coach. Um, And the former Nike executive, Nico Harrison, is the new GM. Uh, There is some little interest because the rumor has it that the reason that Carlisle left is because he didn't get along with Luca. And so the question then became, why would he be suggesting his successor? He leaves. Um, but in any case, Jason Kidd's now the hope coach of the Mavs. And and 
There are some rumors flying around there that Kawhi Leonard might ditch LA and go to Dallas. Yeah, I, I can definitely, uh, I could see it. I, pro- I I think he stays in LA, like when it's all said and done. It's all just speculation. But I can, if he's going to go anywhere, I think it is Dallas because here's the thing: Kawhi's Kawhi has the talent of the number one, but number but number ones have more responsibility than just being the most talented player. Like they've got to be able to handle the media. Well, they got to be able to be the face of the franchise and do all these promotions and whatnot. And quite, just not just wants no part of it. And that, that's why I think Paul George actually was able to do a good job of when Kawhi went down is that he, you know, Paul George, he has been a number one before he has been able to face the media before. So he, when he was experienced and honestly, when Kawhi Leonard went down, Paul George's play actually elevated because he was familiar with playing that number one rule before. With the, with the exception of two free throws. Okay, Paul George has never been clutch. Okay. Away here. <laughs> I'm talking about you know, the first night. Just overall. Just the overall. Just an overall stat line. If here, you knew okay? nothing about where the numbers came from in the game. Yeah, they look pretty good. That line, man. <laughs> yeah, and so there, there's that aspect of it. So maybe Paul George kind of re elevates to being the one in terms of face of the franchise, media guy, promote promoting. But if he can, that still falls under Kawhi. I could see Kawhi kind of bolting. And, you know, if he goes to Dallas, he's not the number one. Luka's the number one. Luka's the face of the franchise. Luka takes the media stuff. Luka's all the promotion. And no, Kawhi yeah. just plays basketball. I'll tell you what. I don't I don't think he leaves because I think, you know, he's been on, what, three teams now. He's, you know, from Southern California. This is all he's wanted the whole time blah, 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 blah. The team was in the conference finals, blah, 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 um, and put up a good fight without him. But if I'm looking at it from a fan perspective and I'm looking at it from a basketball perspective, I would tell Kawhi Leonard to go to Dallas in a heartbeat because I think it's a better situation than what's um, in the Clippers with the exception of maybe the the coaching, because I think I don't think Jason Kidd's as good as Ty Lue is at, at coaching, but um, yeah, I think but Ty but Lue but the, was a pretty good coach for the Clippers this year. Yeah, but I I would say, but I think if you put Kawhi, because gotta keep in mind, Luca is on his rookie deal, so they can afford to just bring Kawhi in mm-hmm. in free agency. You have Luca at point guard as their number one who's proven he can be a number one. You've got Kawhi as your number two on the wing, who just has to focus on, you know, playing back and forth. And you've got now, instead of Porzingis being your two, Porzingis is your three. Now I, I get Porzingis has got some sort of issue with Luca. Like, I guess Luca's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way there. But you've got Porzingis. Winning, winning fixes everything. Winning exactly. fixes everything. Porzingis is your three, which makes that that's a pretty good three. And even if he's not your three, you can probably trade him and get a good three. If he, you know, if he wanted, if he was like, oh, I'm over this. I don't want to do this. You can trade him and get a 
pretty good piece that would suffice as a three. Um, and then, and then the, you throw in the rest of that roster. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. Th- put up a lot of promise this year. Um, Cleaver, I think, is a is a solid piece. Um, obviously, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, I just blanked on it. You know, the big big guy, Boban. He's ah. a he's a his ears bother me, but other than that, I think he's a decent piece. Um, the. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever. I don't know if you've ever looked at his ears. They're like inside out. They're like way too big. I mean, that's kind of rude, but no. But I'm no. I just... I know how many pistachios he can hold in one hand. What? <laughs> he he does commercial. Maybe it's maybe it's goldfish. I don't know. But he's like it's like how many like how many of these things can you hold in your hand? And then he starts talking in third person. Like, I can hold one hundred and seventy six. Like. Well, that's not third person. That's first person. But well, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Replace the I with its actual name. I just don't know his name. Bo, his name? Bo- Boban can hold. Yes, there we go. That's how he says it. Okay, I was gonna say Ben. <sighs> not a good moment for the English majors. Um, the the the. <laughs> I was not an English major. I don't know if you guys could tell. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think. I think that would be a very – I think you plug Kawhi in on that team. That team is instantly – especially looking at what the Mavs did to the Clippers just by themselves as, as is, I think that team immediately becomes a contender. And the Clippers immediately don't because they don't have Kawhi anymore. Yeah, but but I still think the Clippers would be fine. Maybe not they'd be, contender, but they'd, they'd be, be good. They'd be yeah. good, but they, you, wouldn't, you, you wouldn't be worried about them beating you for the conference finals. To get you know to get back i think you know the mavs it's now mavs and sons mm-hmm. that you're worried about well and yeah. lakers but. But, but here's what i noticed like it seemed like the clippers like one of the biggest problems with the clippers last year was they had absolutely no chemistry but for that short stint of Kawhi being out it looked like the clippers were kind of in sync there with reggie jackson paul george even patrick beverly showed some good signs and whatnot uh, Patrick Beverly did get suspended one game for shoving Chris Paul. One game? Are you kidding me? I know it's it's the he's going to miss what the season opener. It's going to be meaningless. Oh my goodness! I, I would have thought that that's a, like if we're thinking percentages wise, how many? What there's eighty two games? Yeah, I think that's at least a five game suspension. No, it's it's got to at least impact you somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, why why doesn't everybody do that? Yeah. <laughs> you, you kidding me? If I was playing against LeBron James and I got the show and I only missed one game, man. You... That'd be the only reason you're on the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lance Stevenson's like, man, that would have only costed me one game, man. Yeah. We could have <laughs> taken him out. Yeah. Take him out for game seven and then you guys can win without me, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. No, yeah, I think the Clippers would still be good. I just don't think you'd be worried about them. You, you, you know, you'd just be Dallas. Would, I think Dallas would be scary. With Kawhi on it, because mm-hmm. I mean that's what you give Luca someone to pass to. He's got a number two now. Because right now Luca's doing it all by himself, and that's impressive as it is. But <laughs> there's also there are also rumors going around. You know, Damian Lillard, this situation. 
you know, it's coming out that Damian Lillard it does feel like he's in uh, got a bit of a mediocrity, um, and he wasn't thrilled with the coach hire. Um, they the Blazers hired Chauncey Billups on a five year deal. Um, he wasn't thrilled with the coach hire. I know he he had said that he wanted Jason Kidd. Um, he does feel like there's not enough around him to be able to. I, here's here's a you know a theory I've heard Ben, and I'll, I'll get what you think. I have a feeling it's going to be the same thing that someone else said, but um, <laughs> the Lakers. sending Anthony Davis to Portland and getting back Damian Lillard. Okay, see, see, I feel like if you're Portland, you're going to need more than Anthony Davis. Well, the Lakers give Anthony Davis and, you know, some role player and picks or something for Damian Lillard. Yeah, keep in mind, though, Anthony Davis is younger than Damian Lillard, so that does play a factor into it. Yeah, but here's the thing. Anthony Davis is hurt a lot. And honestly, Anthony Davis, when it mattered most, could not come up for LeBron. Like, because he was hurt. So, uh, it's like, what does that solve? It, what, you, you get swept instead of going seven with the Nuggets? Like, or no, wait, they only went six with the Nuggets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you get swept by the Nuggets and supposed to go in six because Anthony Davis got hurt in game two. I mean, and honestly, if I'm Portland, I don't understand why I'd send anyone to the Lakers. No, I, I mean, that's a fair point. But you're, you're trying to get as much return. I mean, you, you're never going to get the full return that you should, especially when people know that the superstar wants out. Now, now, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Malcolm Brogdon, other role players. Well, all the Pacers draft picks for. And in that scenario, Ben, (laughs) they would absolutely take Anthony Davis. (laughs) If that's their, if that's the competition. (laughs) I mean, yeah, fair enough. No, yeah. Hey, hey, it would get Lillard out of conference. Okay, that's what no, I'm I, no. I think there's an argument to be made getting Lillard out of conference. So, so I mean, the next team you're looking at is probably Philadelphia, and you're talking Ben Simmons. See, again, it's like I'm getting rid of one of the most beloved athletes right now for an athlete who's essentially been hated by his current fan base because of one reason or another whether it's anthony davis can't stay healthy or whether it's the 76ers don't get me wrong i I don't think anthony davis is hated near as much as ben simmons is that is true (laughs) people still like they still want a championship people still like anthony davis (laughs) people like anthony davis but i I think you're starting to get the fatigue there's there's frustration there's frustration but that's what i think it's ideal for the lakers because you know as much as i like i like the pairing of lebron and anthony davis a lot and when anthony davis is healthy i like him a lot but mm-hmm. well, as you said, he gets hurt a lot. Also, throw in the fact that he doesn't want to play center, even though that's when they're probably going to be most effective, is if Anthony Davis was center and LeBron was point and it was shooters instead of instead of LeBron and Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond all being on the court at the same time. 
for the most minutes. I, 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 that's not, I don't think that's ideal. And so um, if you trade Anthony Davis, you bring in Damian Lillard, you do two things. You get more perimeter. You can, here's what I've found in my experience on 2K. You can always find lower tier guys that don't cost as much money to play the big man role and just get rebounds and dunks and, and play inside defense. Yeah. I'm sure you can get Roy Hamburg for like 30 cents on the dollar. <laughs> probably you, you, you could probably get paid to have Roy Hibbert at this point, but the, <laughs> the, my point is last year, for instance, if you had, if, if you had Willard instead of Anthony Davis and you had JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, they're still playing a similar, I mean, granted, I don't want people to hear me wrong here. The level of play that Anthony Davis brings is not, I'm not, that's not the argument I'm trying to make. You're not going to replace Anthony Davis with one of these marginal big guys. But what I am saying is if you add Lillard and you get someone else who handles the ball, you get someone else who can make plays, you get someone who's a great scorer, and so less of that's on LeBron. And so when LeBron comes off for a break, as he's going to, as much as we hate to say it, he's going to continue to need more and more rest as he gets older because just asking him to play 48 minutes every night isn't ideal or sustainable. And it's why he gets hurt. If you have Lillard who can actually, like even when LeBron came off with Anthony Davis, there was no one making any offense and they were losing games because they couldn't survive the three minutes that LeBron wasn't on the floor, which is how it's been for LeBron's entire career. Now, Willard, on the other hand, has stayed healthy. He does all the stuff LeBron can do. He's a great scorer. Um, he's he, You lose a lot of defense. Anthony Davis is a defensive player of the year type of player uh, and can play perimeter and inside. And Damian Lillard's, I'm going to say an average perimeter defender at best and provides nothing inside. So you're losing defense, but if you get Lillard and LeBron and then can put the marginal pieces around and fill in the inside there, fill out the outside with shooters and such as they've uh, attempted to do. I think that is more ideal than hoping that Anthony Davis stays healthy and, uh, and trying to claw and, and, and still having to get those guys in inside anyway, because Anthony Davis doesn't want to play like that. That's fair. That is 100% fair. But yeah, I don't know if Portland, I, I, that'd be the deal I'm offering up if I'm the Lakers right now, because I don't think Portland's getting a better deal. That's the thing. That's the thing. Do, is it ideal? No, it's not even ideal for Portland to trade Lillard in the first place. But it just might be something they have to do. And I think the absolute most they're going to get, I mean, Anthony Davis is is a top 10 player when healthy, maybe top five. And so what is the other return you're going to get from another team for trading with Brogdon? Duh. Brogdon is a top 75 player when healthy, probably. So. Hey, don't hit, don't. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but here's the here's the thing though, Ben. Also, you said uh you said um 
Portland wouldn't want to trade him in conference. I think Portland, because of what Lillard has done up to this point, he's been there for 10 years, has said nothing, you know, has always been, I'm staying here because I want to win here. I love Portland. Like, the only reason Portland's been relevant for 10 years is because of Damian Lillard. I don't think that'll matter as much to him because I think they're going to do whatever. I think they're going to do him a solid – kind of like Oklahoma City did Chris Paul a favor. They could have traded him um, – I forget which team was interested, but I think he preferred to go to Phoenix, maybe Milwaukee. I think he preferred to go to Phoenix over Milwaukee. And it's same conference, which also, I guess, helps because Oklahoma City is just trying to get good draft picks. But Chris Paul wanted to go to Phoenix, so they sent him to Phoenix for less than maybe what they would have gotten from Milwaukee. I mean, you look at what Milwaukee gave for Drew Holiday. They were definitely going to give that for Chris Paul. Um, The – the – I think Portland will listen to what Damian Lillard wants and figure out a way to do it from there. So I don't know if it so ma- so much matters to them whether he's in conference or not. If, if Damian Lillard says, I would really prefer to go to the Lakers, they might just do him a solid for the 10 years that he's been there. Because sometimes, sometimes that's how it works. It's not always like a – it's not always like a hostile situation. Sometimes it's just I think it's time to move on and both and both parties – acknowledge that and and they say okay well if it's if it's time to move on then what 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 can we do to help you get in your next step because i think i think if even if willard went to the lakers and won a championship i still feel like portland takes that as a win because that was their guy who's now winning it's Uh, not as good it's, it's not as good as winning with portland but I mean, I see your point. I just don't want to see the Lakers win another championship. Oh, stop. Okay. Um, that's what we all want to see, Ben. Um, the Oh, there's – speaking of trade rumors, the Warriors are looking to trade James Wiseman, and they have the seven pick and the 14th pick. So James Wiseman is their draft pick from um, this uh, this previous season. He's a very promising center. Um, but Steph Curry is what 33, 34 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they gotta they gotta look at uh, you know, kind of winning now and trying trying not to lose Steph Curry because we've all seen LeBron be on the you know praises of Steph Curry this season. I think hoping that he brings in Steph Curry onto the team. Um, speaking of which, LeBron and Lillard were also spotted out together the other night. Um, but. Uh, so they're looking to trade James Wiseman and either the seven or the 14th and, or for, you know, a more established player that can help them win now. Yeah. I mean, the, the Warriors have a lot that they can give for a star player. So, uh, it, it's just like, I feel like that's where Ben Simmons might end up. Maybe I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it's kind of tricky because you know Steph Curry plays point as well, right? Yeah, I don't think Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons would work better in Golden State than he does currently in Philly. Yeah. So I'll I'll say that. Um, you would just have two points on the court at once with Steph. 
course, yeah. you can kind of well, I move mean, them around a little bit. I would, I would almost argue. I think Steph, Steph plays point guard, but I would almost argue that Steph would be just as effective as a shooting guard mm-hmm. because of his his capacity to score and move without the ball. Yeah. But, like, outside of that, I don't really see a whole lot of stars that are, quote-unquote, available on the market. I mean, Lillard's on the market, but, like, again, Lillard is literally just Steph Curry. Couple yeah, years old. I don't think – the Warriors don't want Lillard. Um, the, there is I, – I forget if it was just a theory, but Pascal Siakam was thrown out there from Toronto um, as they're, they're trying to rebuild, so maybe – they want the younger Wiseman to help with their rebuild, and they'll send Siakam over to Golden State. I now that you say it, I do like the Ben Simmons pick because Ben Simmons does what Ben Simmons provides to the team is what the Warriors don't currently have, and that's size. They, I mean, Draymond's a good defender; he's not what he used to be, but they it gives them size, gives him a defensive player of the year candidate on top of Draymond being a defensive player of the year previously. Um, And it, and it, and it provides them with another, another playmaker. And like I said, Steph can move without the ball. So I think if you have Simmons coming up and Steph's moving without the ball and can, and finds him and clay, I mean, I think that's, I think I, I actually kind of like that move now that you say it. Oh, well, glad I can, you know, uh, enlighten you i guess yes um i think i think you know golden state goes back to the small ball if simmons maybe he's playing point center maybe um kind of handling the ball also serving as that you know biggest guy on the court for the for the warriors well and it's good because simmons doesn't have to shoot simmons doesn't have to shoot in golden state yeah steph and clay will take every shot yeah and you don't have to worry about the end of games because you can take Simmons out. You still got playmaking out there with Steph and they they're going to hit free throws. Yeah. So you're not so you're not worried about missing you could put him back on for defense. And I think Steve Kerr would be able to manage that and I think I think uh I think Ben Simmons would maybe enjoy the lifestyle in San Francisco more than he does in Philadelphia. Um Oh, Philadelphia fans are so nice, though. Oh yeah, oh, maybe, if maybe, if, maybe if you're winning. Maybe if maybe if maybe if you're winning, I'm sure I'm sure the I'm sure Carson Wentz will tell you different. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I actually I think that might be the move: trading, sending Wiseman, and maybe heck Ben Simmons stock at this point. You might not even have to send a pick with James Wiseman. You maybe still get those two, you know, a seven and fourteen pick, and send James Wiseman and get Ben Simmons. I mean, it's it's all on the table here. But I I like that move. Now you say I think that might be my favorite spot for Ben Simmons to land. You're making me blush, Bo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Lakers are finalizing a deal to hire former Knicks and Grizzlies coach David Fisdale as assistant coach. Now that Jason Kidd was assistant coach. Now he's coaching the Mavs. Um, this move makes complete and utter sense. If you know anything about LeBron's history, he's always had high praise for Fisdale. He was an assistant on those Miami teams. Um, so not really surprised that he would be who the, who the hire is for assistant coach. Um, some Olympic talk. Sabonis and Valanchunas are leading the way for Lithuania. 
Um, and Luca led Slovenia to an Olympic berth over Lithuania. Um, and which, to put this in a little bit of perspective, um, Luca was asked something, and he said, like, if he if they won a gold medal in the Olympics as Slovenia, it would mean more to him than an NBA Finals championship. And I think he is correct because if Slovenia won a gold medal in the Olympics, that would be maybe the biggest basketball feat to ever be accomplished. So Slovenia has the population the size of Idaho. They are a very, very small country. And if, if Luca, I mean, if Luca was able to even medal with Slovenia, it would be a heck of an accomplishment. Um, well, and it would be an embarrassment to the United States. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, if, if yeah, they if, lost, if, if they, they lost, if they, if they won gold, if he, if they, I mean, even if I'm saying, even if they got like silver or bronze or whatever, yeah, um, it would be an achievement. I don't think this might be the first time Slovenia has ever made the Olympics. Um, that <laughs> they certainly like Lithuania is one of the better teams, you know, USA usually goes in there and just trounces everybody. Um, uh, but Lithuania has been one of the better teams. I think they've sent like 14 guys to the NBA. Um, and so Slovenia beat them. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, this might be, this is something to watch once the Olympics come around here. Yeah. Because like, I feel like the integration of foreign basketball players into the NBA has like exploded over the last probably you know, four years since the last summer Olympics. Yeah. And I think we might have some good teams, you know? No, I mean, Dirk, Dirk, um, Dirk was like the first big time European, like he'll be a hall of famer. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you got like, like Sabonis and Valachunas went to, or representing Lithuania. If Giannis plays, he's representing Greece. If Luca plays while well, he's playing, he's representing Slovenia. Like, even like the top players in our league now are coming from other countries and we don't get them for the Olympics because they're playing for their countries. Yeah. Um, it used to just be like, Oh man, Ojanobu's playing for Spain. Okay. He's like, he's a, he's a bench guy for the Spurs anyway. And that's the next biggest NBA person outside of the U S that's playing like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I think it'll bring a much needed attraction to the Olympics. Cause like, I don't know about you. I don't know. You know, the Olympics was big back in like the 80s just because of like, you know, drama between different nations and whatnot. But now, like, a lot of problems nowadays are more or less domestic as opposed to worldwide. So, and they don't really take it out on the Olympics or whatnot. And oh, so no, now it's still interesting though. Watch. I don't know. I haven't enjoyed watching the Olympics at all. Like, the only really. Time I, yeah, the only thing I watch the Olympics for is probably Michael Phelps winning gold. Like I, I, uh, I don't remember 2012 as clearly. I clearly remember 2016. I clearly remember 2008 watching the Olympics. Um, I know I always, I always enjoy the swimming, specifically Michael Phelps. So the fact that I don't think Phelps is in it anymore. I think he's retired or whatever, um, or just too old. I don't know, but um. So I know like that's going to lose a little bit of something, 
um, just because Phelps isn't in it. And that was always a big, you know, I want to watch Michael Phelps because he's the, he's like a, he's a human fish. Um, yeah. the, 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 but he got Kate, like Katie Ledecky now. It, I mean, she just, her, here's the only thing with Kate Ledecky. Her races are almost boring because she beats them by so much. Um, the, and, and, and that's why the, I have such a disdain for like watching the Olympics. It's like usually the United States is going to win about 75% of the gold. China is going to win about 20%. And then a whole bunch of random countries are fighting for that. Well, not 10%. necessarily. I okay. That know. was a little bit of an exaggeration, but. But I, I enjoy watching. I enjoy the swimming. I enjoy volleyball, um, both the outdoor and indoor volleyball um, is very entertaining the um what is it i'm thinking of um the basketball is always fun it, sometimes it's boring but sometimes it's it's still fun to watch all the all the best players play although you, you don't get that as much anymore um like this year's us team isn't i wouldn't say isn't i think i think jeremy grants on it like it's like not <laughs> Well, it's not so it's hard. Not, it's, it's not the LeBron Wade, Kobe Mello like Olympic team. Well, here's what's tough about it is like they we literally just got done playing a season, and like they want some off time. That's true. No, that's yeah, that's 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 definitely a part of it. Especially when you get to like LeBron, and it's like he's been in the finals every year, so he's always playing through June and anyway in his regular season. No, I'm no. That's the point. I'm, you know, you're. I'm agreeing with you, Ben. Um, but but the fact that you had to bring LeBron into it—that's what gets. Well, LeBron's the big one that everyone wants to see play, and he hasn't done it the past two Olympics. I mean, I didn't want to see him play, so I mean. Oh, stop. (laughs) The um, what am I forgetting? That's I always the gymnastics, the women's gymnastics is always fun to watch. I have no idea how to score it. So that's the only problem with it is I don't get the scoring system. Um, <laughs> but it is fun to, it is fun to watch. Um, track and field. I, I skipped those nights. Those, those are extremely boring. Well, outside of Usain Bolt, I can watch the highlights. I don't need to watch it live. Okay. That's fair. I can watch a minute highlight and watch Usain Bolt do whatever he did. But I, but the ones I like to see live, I like to see volleyball. I like to see, you know, swimming. I like to see the, I mean, I, the Olympics is always, uh, specifically the summer Olympics, the winter Olympics are fun, but they're not what the summer Olympics are. I feel like, I feel like the summer Olympics, there's a bigger deal made around the summer Olympics than there is the winter Olympics. Although I, I, I winter Olympics, I usually tune in. I watch Sean White snowboard and that's about it. <laughs> yeah I, like like i said i don't really pay attention to winter olympics either i think skateboarding is being added though in the summer olympics now which i i i enjoy that like, you ever watch the x games see i watch I, I i usually watch the x games and those those are always fun too watching the the skateboarders and the and the um they usually have like these cars that go around like a dirt track and and they'll have the atvs and dirt bikes and stuff and they'll do like big tricks and stuff i always think the x games are fun and so i think skateboarding has been added to the olympics and so i think that'll be that'll be a nice addition um to them but anyway um and nate mcmillan has signed a four-year deal 
with Atlanta to remain the head coach. Yeah, uh, I I think that was the decision that everyone was going to come to. That this this deal was already done before the Hawks lost. It was just, well, we can't re-sign them until we lose. So, mm-hmm. um, but, he, but he deserves it. And then you have the final Suns and Bucks. Ben, what is what is your what is your prediction here? Well, my prediction is, like, I, I think the Suns – going into the Clippers-Suns series, like, you might say, oh, well, they came out slow because they had this extra day off. And it's like, well, Chris Paul did have COVID, okay? So, like, it took him a little bit to get back. And even even the game first game he did come back, he didn't play necessarily great – but now they have all these days off. Well, the Suns also won the two games that he didn't have COVID, or that he wasn't there. So the hmm. <laughs> would you let me finish? Are the Suns better without Chris Paul? No. Anyway, <laughs> because Game Six clearly showed once Chris Paul's at one hundred percent what they can do. Um, but regardless. Uh, so I think the Suns with this extra rest, everyone's healthy. Praying no one gets COVID for the rest of the season. You get <laughs> at least seven or no, at max seven more games, at least four more. So hopefully no one gets COVID. Now with Giannis hurt, I don't see the Bucks. Winning the series, I I just don't see it. Even if Giannis comes back, we've seen it with so many players already. That when even when you come back, you're not a hundred percent. We saw it with Anthony Davis; he can, he couldn't even finish the game. Uh, we saw it with Trey Young; he was a, almost a non-factor in the game that he tried coming back and playing. Like uh, these players are trying to rush the healing, and really, it's kind of just hurting the team. Because the team's kind of out of sync and they're trying to run what they were originally running, but they can't because their star is not at a hundred percent. So with the way Middleton and Holiday have been playing, I could see them taking a game. The problem is I think those get those players are too inconsistent. And the fact that they're gonna have to turn around, they just won the series in Atlanta, right? Like game six was won in Atlanta. Yeah. So that was on Saturday. They go back to Milwaukee and I assume they're probably flying into Phoenix today or maybe yesterday. Mm -hmm. They'll do a shoot around and then they got to play game one. And so I, I don't see them possibly remotely close winning game one. And I don't think Giannis is going to be there. Game two, there's a little bit more likely of a chance. And then I think the one game they take is probably going to be in Milwaukee, that game three. Mm-hmm. I think it goes 4-1, Suns win. So, obviously, you have to take into account um, the – Oh, 
the injury. So I would say if the Bucks were if both teams are fully healthy, my pick would be like Bucks in six or seven. Given the fact that Giannis is hurt, I kind of I, I kind of agree with you. I think if Giannis does come back, he's not gonna be a hundred percent. So assuming that, you know, even if Giannis does come back, he's not a hundred percent. I would say prob um, yeah, probably Suns in five, maybe six. But yeah. I mean it's just I wish I wish both teams were healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it would have made an interesting series. The the one thing that you know, if Giannis was one hundred percent healthy, I'd probably still give it to the Suns, just because I could not rely on the consistency. Well, well I said if, I said if both teams were fully healthy, which would also mean that the Bucks would get Giannis and Divincenzo. Divincenzo, when did he go down? He hasn't been in this playoffs. Okay, but. With I'd I mean I'd still take Bucks in like seven if Giannis was healthy. Okay, see if you if it, I, I, see I don't really know much about Divincenzo. Um, if we were just going on Giannis one hundred percent, I'd probably still go Suns for the fact that I can, as a Bucks fan, as someone who's watched, you know, well I'm not a Bucks fan, but like if I'm viewing it from a Bucks perspective. Middleton and Holiday would worry me because they have been so inconsistent. Some nights I'm getting 10 three-pointers. Other nights I'm going 0 for 9 from behind the arc. You know, mm. it's... Yeah, it, it it's something to be concerned. Now, they've played better with Giannis being out, and I think it's just that lack of pressure of getting sure Giannis has the ball a little bit. And I think it's more opportunity that for them yeah. to have the ball. Yeah, you know, it, it's not that they're better without Giannis. It's more or less someone's got to get the stats. Yeah, someone's got to get the stats, and you know, you you just kind of see it all the time when the big main star goes down. Usually, some of the players step it up and you know mm-hmm. really polish their game. So, but yeah, I I got Suns in five. Uh, if Giannis is 100% healthy, probably six, maybe seven, I'd still probably go with Suns, especially since they have home court advantage and the first two are going to be in Phoenix. I think, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a little bit of a troublous series for the Bucks. Yeah. Um, so moving into the NFL, we got a few minor headlines, nothing, nothing groundbreaking here, but. Um, the Steelers released David DeCastro, who is who's a Pro Bowl guard, and they brought in Trey Turner on a who's a Pro Bowl guard on a one-year three million deal that happened in the same day. Um so I don't know what the what the decision making process was there. I think Trey Turner's younger, but 
Yeah, I think the Steelers have replaced their entire offensive line. Yeah, because Villanueva is in Baltimore now, right? Yep. Um, also, the league is going to begin accepting bids for where to have the combine from cities other than Indianapolis. See, here's what's funny about this. I think some city, you know, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, they're going to bid so much money to get the combine. And then they're going to realize, oh, the combine's actually not the most ideal thing to host. Because, you know, it it's like Indianapolis does it because it's tradition. You know, it's like a fun little activity and there's not much else to do in Indianapolis. <laughs> Whereas in Los Angeles, it's like, hey, come watch these players uh, just do some routine practice drills and you can't have your phone out. So you can't have your phone out, can't record or anything. And you have to be quiet the entire time. And um, concessions are open, but you can't bring food out into the uh, viewing area. Um, yeah. And there's really no fan interactions. So I, I think teams are going to learn very quickly. The scouting combine is not something that, you know, you really should be bidding a whole lot for. It's not the biggest deal to be hosting the scouting combine. So are you, so we talked about this on sports shenanigans with Casey. Yeah. Um, Casey is a huge fan of the combine. He, he loves to go like every year. Mm-hmm. So are you, from what you just said, I'm assuming that you don't feel the same way. I think it's okay. So it's not something I look forward to. I will admit I've been to the combine a few times. The coolest moment at the combine was when Josh Allen threw that bomb to one of the receivers. It went like, I I can't even remember how far it went. I think it went about maybe 70 yards or something like that. And the whole crowd goes, Whoa. Because, you know, you're not supposed to talk. Oh. So when the whole crowd goes, whoa, you know, that's a cool moment. And that's that's just about as cool as it got. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was still cool to watch. Once they actually start getting in drills with, you know, with an actual football, it's fun. But I tell you what, watching quarterbacks. Just kind of boring. Yeah. Running a 40-yard dash, because that's the first thing that they do. They do quarterbacks running 40-yard dashes. It's like. I don't care about a quarterback running a 40-yard dash. Now, maybe if I was watching wide receivers do it, it'd be different. And not, But not, not to mention the 40-yard dash takes a long time to get through. Mm. And, don't, and don't get me wrong. I'm glad that Indianapolis hosted it, and I want Indianapolis to keep hosting it because I think Indianapolis is such a good fit. It's right there in the middle of the country. You know, it, it, it's it's a little bit more east and west, but, but it's still good. Indianapolis is designed to host events. It's got everything right there downtown for everybody, kind of connected hotels and everything. Yeah. It, it, I think it's good where it's at. And for other cities to, like, you know, bid for it, I, I just I don't see why. I, heard, I did hear a rumor that when they were building Jerry World, they had the combine in mind. So I imagine that Dallas is going to throw in a pretty big offer. Hey, Jerry, Jerry Jones, I hope you're listening to this. You're going to go eight and nine. I would say eight and eight, but 
can't do that anymore. But it's not going to be any different from the previous season or any season before that. <laughs> we do not have a Jerry Jones fan here. I know, I know. It's just it it drives me nuts. Uh, like I don't know if you heard this today, but the Cowboys oh, also got knocks. put on hard knocks. Yeah, and I'm like, That's that I had that coming up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, promote this, promote that. Let's promote our Cowboys. You can't finish first in the NFC East. Like, That's kind what? of the Cowboys thing, though, is that they're the biggest brand. If you go to if you go to if you go to a lids, they have three teams in every single store that across the country. It's the Cowboys, the Bulls, and the uh, Yankees. It's just yeah, America's team. That name essentially has died. Okay, the only reason why you call America call it America's team is because it's a tradition, not because. They are currently America's team. Mm. Um, the Washington football team announced that Tanya Snyder is going to be the co-CEO joining her husband. Um, the NFL is also fining the Washington football team $10 million as a result of the league's investigation into the team's culture and the money will be donated to charity. Ten million dollars. That's a that's a that's a hefty fine. It is. That's a, that's a hefty fine. Um, I'm interested to see the details of this investigation. Now, the NFL is probably not going to release it themselves. It'll probably be leaked in a mm. you know month or two from now. But from what I was hearing, this was not going. This was not good stuff that they were finding. Well, so I yeah. hope. I, hope I mean, you got ten, I mean, you got ten million dollar fine. I mean, that's a I, the Patriots got a million dollar fine when they were caught cheating with Spygate. Yeah. So, <laughs> Imagine but, but, ten times worse of that for t- for culture in the organization. But here, here <laughs> but here's what I'm thinking: like you, you find a team ten million dollars, or if it gets as bad as what everyone was thinking it was, or fans going to be at peace that that was a bad enough punishment like because i was hearing this was actually pretty serious and no, 10, million, looked, 10 million dollars for ownership not a lot yeah yeah it, it, like it hurts but it's not like oh man now we're broke now i had no i mean it's the, like the what the what i'm hearing is the re, i mean when the results of the investigation came out or not the results but like the recommendations whatever the number one recommendation was that this NFL should force Dan Snyder to sell. And the number two recommendation was that they should suspend Dan Snyder. Um, and so the, so a $10 million fine based on the recommendations that Dan Snyder should not be an owner. And instead now he's just co-CEO with his wife. I don't think, I think that's everyone's looking for Dan Snyder to not be the owner of the team. Yeah. Or for Dan Snyder to actually pick a logo. Oh, my goodness. I am sick of the Washington football team. <laughs> um, Ryan Ramchick signed a five-year, $96 million extension with $60 million guaranteed with New Orleans, making him the highest-paid right tackle in the league. I, I meant good for him. He got paid. 
the NFL is fining Dallas, San Francisco, and Jacksonville for OTA violations. That is all I know. Okay, so basically, collective bargaining agreement. You can't. You can only practice for X amount of times. You can only practice with pads X amount of times. You can only. You can only start on this day. That's probably what happened. It's like, oh, you guys were in pads on a during a time where you should have just been, you know, in shorts and a t-shirt. That's a fine. Or oops, you started an hour too early. Like, and it's probably not that big of a deal. Um, however, I will say you said it was the 49ers, Jaguars, and Cowboys. Yeah. So 49ers and Cowboys, they probably should be fined a little bit more because they have coaches who have been there for more than a season and that are familiar with the rules and protocols. Urban Meyer, this is his first stint in the NFL. I feel like he should get a little bit more of a leeway here. Doesn't quite know the rules and protocols. I don't. I don't think that's how it works, Ben. I think if you if you have the job, you're supposed to know the rules. Well, there, there's usually a little bit of leeway, a little bit of grace here. Okay, you know, you make the same mistake over and over and over again, you're going to get you know punished. Or if you're an experienced vet making a rookie mistake, you know. Yeah. So so, Urban Meyer should get fined. Okay, obviously if you violate the protocols, but at the same time. Here you Cow- go. Here, here you go, Ben. San Francisco and Dallas were each fined a hundred thousand. Jacksonville was fined two hundred thousand. Uh, oh my goodness! Urban Urban Meyer was fined a hundred thousand, and Mike McCarthy and Kyle Shanahan were both fined fifty thousand. What did the Jaguars do? I don't know. All three, all three, all three teams will also have to forfeit an undisclosed amount of OTA days in twenty twenty two. See, Spe- specifics of the violations are unknown, uh, but typically center on intensity of practices and resulting contact. See, he, here's where it probably makes a little bit more sense now because Mike McCarthy and uh, Mike Shanahan Kyle probably Shanahan. have Kyle Shanahan, my bad. Um, they have an idea of how to do intensity and they probably just got a little carried away with it. Urban Meyer, he's used to college rules and there's really no collective bargaining agreement in college. So as of right now. Yeah. So basically he's used to suit up. We're going to go full pads every single practice and we're going to practice to win games. And yeah, that's probably where he got a little carried away into to a little too much on the intensive side. <laughs> if, if I could speak, uh, um josh gordon has filed for reinstatement oh my gosh i saw that you're done leave um and chad johnson left a thousand dollar tip at an ihop while also claiming he beat damian lillard in one-on-one years ago i feel like those are two different kind of stories well, it was, one. They, they were the same story <laughs> what do you do just like leave the tip and write down on the little receipt saying i beat damian Lillard one-on-one a few years ago i don't know like that i don't know like good for him leaving a thousand dollar tip i hope the waiter waitress earned it 
Um, but I seriously doubt he beat him one on one. Um, Serena Williams uh, was forced to, I guess, in in tennis they when they they call it retiring if you're forced to withdraw from competition due to injury. Yeah. So um, she was forced to retire from, I believe, Wimbledon after yeah. injury. Um, it's only the second time that's happened in her career, but unfortunate. Um, let's see. Uh, fun day, July 1st, is Bobby Vanilla Day in, the, in Major League Baseball. He received his check for $1.193 million from the Mets, and he will continue to receive that every year through 2035. Dang, and he hasn't played for them. I, uh, you know, I I don't know all the Casey knows the story better than I do, but uh, he I believe hasn't played for them in what 15 years, 10 years, something. It's just some bad contract that they did, so now they owe him like a million dollars every every year through 2035 since like 2005 or something. No, that's one of the worst trade deals in the history of trade deals. I don't think I don't know if it was a trade. I have no idea what it was. All I know is that this guy is living the life I can only dream of. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like that. I think he's commercial. been out. I think he's been out of the league for like ten years. Yeah, it, it's like that one commercial where it's like win five thousand dollars every week for the rest of your life. It's like the, this man's literally just living it. Yeah, like, pretty much. Um, that's always been I've always I've always tried to make the lottery sad because they're hoping that someone my age doesn't win that. They're hoping that like the grandma wins wins a thousand dollars a year for the re- or thousand dollars a week for the rest of your life or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not hoping the 18 year old comes out with it. <laughs> um, let's see. New NIL rules in college. So players can now make money off endorsements of name, image, and likeness. It's a very big deal in college. Here are some of the reactions. Uh, JJ Reddick tweeted that from 2004 to 2006, I would have made a bag with a money bag emoji on NIL endorsements. Sadly, I would have blown it all on Natty Light and Lacoste Polos with the collars popped, of course. Um, Taylor Rooks says the NCAA is doing what they should have done a long time ago. Thankful that athletes can benefit from a system that consistently benefits from them. Finally, uh, Trey Young responded to that with the uh, with he said no cap, but with the with the with the hat emoji. Yep. Um, Johnny Manziel said set up a business create a shopify account design merch with fulfillment to ship and handle customer service tweet ig directly to your fan base make bank bros with the amount of volume you'll be doing you will not need to go order a ton of merch beforehand put up for sale and print as each order is placed so you are not left with excess merch learn that lesson the hard way so johnny menzel came in and said here's how to run your business um and then reggie bush is trying to get his heisman trophy and records back he responds to the news saying, well, 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 look what we have here. Um, he took $300,000 apparently under the table. It's resulted in him not – they removed his Heisman Trophy, took all his records down. Um, the reports say that if this would have been in effect then, Reggie Bush would have made 4 to $6 million off of uh, the current rules. 
um, but in, instead of the three hundred thousand that he did make. Yeah, it, I feel like it's going to be a it's going to be a little bit of a mess, you know, especially with all of like the suspensions because Reggie Bush was not the only victim of this. Lots of uh, lots. He's of- just the most. I think he's the most notable, isn't he? Yeah, most most notable because what a lot of these players would do is like they would get suspended and then it's like oh well going to the nfl see ya um mm-hmm. and so but reggie bush was actually punished pretty severely for it so th- there's going to be a little bit of a mess with this it'll be interesting to see what the ncaa does with this um but yeah it, 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 i feel like this is definitely going to be good for college um don't get me wrong. I think there is still some risk. I do think these there is, could be more of a chance for athletes, you know, being, you know, an athlete with money in college around the ages of 21 to 24. 18 that, to it, 22, probably. It, oh, okay. Yeah. 18 to 22. My, my bad. But yeah, that, that that could uh could be dangerous there. <laughs> Just saying, could be dangerous. Um so so I wouldn't be surprised if we see more stuff like that coming out, but yeah. We'll we'll just have to wait and see. But I think I know, overall I, it's going to be I good. think it could it could yeah, it could cause some problems, but overall I think, you know, for the these schools get I mean, March Madness is a billion dollar business every year and you've got all these athletes that just play i mean that generate all that revenue because no one's coming to no one's coming to see the the president of the school play basketball they're all coming to see the athletes play so i think it i think it is nice to at least share some of that (laughs) well yeah and now it'll be the likelihood of basketball players actually staying in college no, this was much needed for the for, for the fact that there are a couple different companies that have come up here recently in basketball specifically that have created leagues for end of high school or right when you get out of high school and they're willing to pay you to play basketball instead of go to college. Yeah. So this this happens, you're able to get you're able to retain college athletes a lot. It's a lot more likely to retain these college athletes because you know, it, it's a decent jump from the uh, college basketball to NBA. So if you're, so if you're getting paid just like a, a fair amount to play basketball at the college level, and you want to win like a, a title in college, yeah, the, the likelihood of you staying in, increases tremendously. Well, even the platform that you get from the colleges, as opposed to the the G League or European, like the like whatever they're paying you there you probably at least make that much in the colleges yeah yeah like if you signed to play with duke north carolina kentucky even gonzaga like they're big enough iu uh michigan you know schools like that well even if you play even if you play for the smaller schools you just get into march madness if you're a top level player you have the opportunity to get more recognition in college Oh yeah, like uh, like some some of those uh, basketball players for Oral Roberts. I mean, they they probably would have yeah. gotten tremendous, yeah, uh, paydays. Um, 
U.S. sprinter Shikari Richardson is banned from the Tokyo Olympics. Apologize for testing positive for marijuana. Says she used was a says use was coping the coping mechanism after mother's death. A lot of uh, controversy around this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know we had talked about it with another athlete. You know, it it's you got to like I, you know you you hate to put the hammer down, but it's like you got to know what the risk is when you partake in these kinds of stuff. And so it's not like, she, it's not like she didn't know. It's just, she thought she could get away with it and she got caught. Now, whether it should be legal or whether it shouldn't be, that's another different story. But at the time she took it, it wasn't mm-hmm. legal and she had to have known about it. So yeah, like, I'm all for listening to the arguments of lifting it, but that's that's a, that's a different discussion. And I think mm-hmm. people are trying to push these discussions in the same argument. And I'm like, they're two different ones. Like, should it be something to be addressed? I would agree with that. But should she have known the rules? Yes. And there are prescribed things as an athlete that you can take when dealing with severity and loss mm. now maybe they didn't maybe she tried those maybe they didn't work no one's ever going to know the full story but yeah i mean it was a risk and it got caught now i don't think like is it like a permanent suspension or what what was it i think i think she failed the test so that she can't participate in this olympics yeah so i i don't think it should be anything longer then this Olympics, and then I think the Olympics needs to go back, reevaluate the rules and whatnot. But it, it, again, it's still hard because technically, federally in the United States, it still is illegal, although no one's enforcing it. And in some states, it is still illegal. Like we're from Indiana, it's still illegal. So, uh, yeah, and so that's where it's kind of tricky at. I think if there comes a point where all 50 states have le- have it legalized and, you know, it, we're, we're finding out more and more every day that it's not, I guess it's not as severe as what, you know, the grandparents have always told us it was, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think one day they will change it, but I, I think it's, time to have those discussions now like are we going to keep enforcing this mm-hmm. um 4th of july means one thing joey chestnuts eating hot dogs and he put down a record 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes to win his 14th men's title at nathan's famous hot dog eating contest Joey Chestnut now holds the top 10 records for most hot dogs eaten in this competition. He is a GOAT status. He has the most wins in any single event in any field. Uh, or he's tied with Nadal, I think, with the French Open. But other than that, it's, it's Joey Chestnut eating hot dogs. And he put down 76 in 10 minutes, and he looks nothing like a man that should do something like that. Yeah, DraftKings had a nice little uh, promotion on that where it's like him to beat the record. Uh, 
And so I won a little money off that. But yeah, going back to your original point, someone really put it in perspective of how ridiculous it is to eat 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. That, that's insane. That's 7.6 hot dogs a minute. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so here's what I'll ask you, Bo. Imagine eating 76 hot dogs in a day. That's no, I, I can't even fathom eating five in a city. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now let me put it in a bigger perspective. Imagine eating 76 hot dogs in a, in a month. That'd be a lot. I'd be eating. I'd be, You'd eating, be eating hot one dogs. of my meal. One of my meals would be hot dogs every day. Yeah. So like once you get out to the span of about a year, you're like, you know what? I could probably down 76 hot dogs in a year. Oh, for uh, sure. <laughs> easy. But no uh, question. But like you, you have to I get would out still, there. I would still think that's a lot though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we probably do eat 76 hot dogs in a, in a year, but like, that's probably, something you don't probably, tell us. <laughs> you I probably, don't. I would say I probably eat seventy six hot dogs in every ten years. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that is fair, but like in one year, if you get your one I mean, year report of everything you've eaten, and you that's that one you, that's one every five days for a year. See, I still don't even think I would do that. Like, see, that's what I'm saying. I I think I eat seventy six hot dogs in like 10 years maybe five i don't know i'm you know times times a weird measurement but uh but i don't i don't have hot dogs all that often but i certainly wouldn't have 76 in a year yeah well, <laughs> well hot dogs are like a summertime food so like i'm not eating hot dogs in the winter like yeah i mean the only hot know. dogs I can get in the winter are the ones that are boiled, in which those are nasty. That's the number one way to fix a hot dog, shortly followed by microwave. But that aside. The best way to eat a hot dog, though, is off a grill. It depends. How are you grilling it? Are you making it black? No, no. It just has, like, you know, it has, like, the grill marks from the grill, but you can still see uh, the hot dog. I don't like the grill marks, man. Oh, mm. Mm. I I I I prefer a nice boiled dog. Have you ever been to you you've been to B and K I I presume? Uh, maybe once or twice. But those those hot dogs you get those you get those hot dogs you know. See, I don't get hot dogs from B and K. What in the world do you get? Chicken tenders. <laughs> You are a joke. <laughs> you go to B and K and you get hot. You get Spanish dogs and root beer. That's the rule. Sides, there's a little wiggle room with the sides, but you get Spanish dogs and root beer, and that is non-negotiable. That's probably why I don't go there very often because Unless plot twist, get... I'd probably get a Coke there too. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You get root beer or a root beer float. That is your drink option. And you get Spanish dogs as your entree. Then you can you can mix it up. You can get the onion rings or the fried mushrooms or the fried cauliflower. But you but all you, three of those are terrible options. You are a joke, <laughs> sir. Onion rings are terrible. Yes. Onion rings built this nation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Give me like cheese curds or mozzarella sticks or something like that. You can get mozzarella. I'll accept mozzarella sticks. I'm not a big fan. I've had the cheese curds at Culver's. Not a big fan. Oh, man. Those are fighting words, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Onion rings built this fine nation. You will enjoy them on 4th of July. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I don't. Oh, hot dog eating contest. That's how we got there. But no, that's a, that's a, <laughs> no, that's um. I'm sorry. I got I got blinded by rage and Ben's statements. But the trust me, folks. A boiled hot dog is the number one hot dog. I, I mean, if you ask me, campfire hot dogs are the best. But campfire hot dogs are the worst. Are you kidding me? That's like by my, far. Those are my favorite ways to eat. Hot they dogs. take too long to cook, and I can't tell if they're done. <laughs> <laughs> but when it's right, it's right, and it just hits. Different. No, and then it tastes like campfire smoke. It's bad. That's the best. That's the worst. It's the same reason s'mores are better in a microwave. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no. You know, you want to know how to make the perfect s'more? You set the marshmallow on fire and just let the fire consume that, it. It is okay. I'm not going to, there's not a bad way to make a marshmallow. It's still like, that's still good. Like, I will accept that answer. But microwaving marshmallow, it takes all the burntness out of it. It's the same. It's the same thing. But but you, the burning the marshmallow, that's the fun of it. No, it's fun, but then it doesn't taste very good. What are you talking about? Because it's a very thin, very thin outside layer, and it's all just gooey, gooey on the inside. It is, but the whole outside layer is burnt, and it tastes burnt. Oh, it. It's it's fine. It's glorious and and it's quick. Margaret, I stick that marshmallow in the microwave for ten seconds. It's ready. Ugh. I gotta mar- sit. Marshmallows gotta expand sit. in the microwave, though. Exactly. It makes it. It's ooey gooey without the burnt. Okay. Um, Eric Booker chugged a gallon of lemonade in less than 40 seconds to win Nathan's first chug contest. I sent you the video of this, Ben. I don't know if you saw it. I did see it. This is a dream. This is a guy who looks like a guy who should be in eating competitions. He pauses twice for belches while chugging. He ends on a belch on the post-interview. Well, I mean, like he ends, I'm not saying yep, he ends the interview. He, he gets interviewed and he just belches. Like, that's okay. But I will say, I don't find a gallon of lemonade appealing. Yeah. Lemonade to me feels better in sips. And even then, I'm still like, I get done with the lemonade and I'm like, does anyone have water? Because I'm still thirsty because the lemonade just made me more thirsty. Yeah. That that's fair. That's fair. Um, can we talk about that second place person in the in the video? Like he didn't even have a chance. No shot. <laughs> like he got finished and he's only halfway done. Like I'll give him props for being halfway done, but like man, and and the guy who won looked like freaking 
Vince Wilfork had a twin. Like, <laughs> no, it looked like Phil, like Vince Wilfork had a twin and they were attached. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was enormous. And I mean, he's just going, 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 pause for 10 seconds, got a burp. Going, 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 pause for five seconds, got a burp. Going, 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 I'm done. <laughs> how was it? Burp. That's how it was. <laughs> I just wonder if the lemonade was more sweet or more sour. That's the if you have more sour lemonade, that's when I have a problem. Yeah. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I don't like having more sweet lemonade. I do like having sour aspects to lemonade because otherwise it just tastes like sugar water. See, that's that's me. I prefer just com- straight oh, up sweet lemonade. No, I I know. No, I need at least I need some tang in the lemonade, but I cannot do the I, I cannot do just I can't I can't feel like I'm just drinking lemon juice. I mean, I, I have a little bit of a sweet tooth, so that, that's I do. I do as well. But when you have like sweet, sweet, sweet lemonade, it's almost too sweet. Remember when this show is about sports? I know. <laughs> well, this is this is hot dog eating contests and lemonade chugging contests. That's these are the sports of the Fourth of July. Yep, we're going to be covering esports next week too. So <laughs> yeah, but man, I cannot a gallon of lemonade. That feel I would I would feel parched afterward. That I mean, I'm assuming like there's some lemon in that. And so I'm I'm assuming like you're just I'm so I'm assuming that burns. Those belches had to hurt. I feel like you're burping, <laughs> I feel like you're burping fire at that point. Uh, like my acid reflux is acting up just thinking about it. That's that <laughs> see, see, after that, I just would want a nice tall glass of chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, you know, do we have any milk? Like, do we have do we have anything creamy and cold? <laughs> I did. I was in an. I was in an eggnog chug, and that was. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't fun. See, I've never actually had eggnog before. Oh my goodness, you're missing out, Ben. You're missing out. You're missing out. You're missing out. Eggnog is wonderful. Don't let anyone tell you any different. Also, steak and shake every Christmas. You know they get to the winter season. They've got an eggnog milkshake. It is great. I may have to try that. We'll see. But that's all I got here from the sports in the sports world, Ben. What a what a do you have anything else? Well, here, let me check the phone here real quick. Nothing too much else. Uh yeah, I don't really have much of anything else. All right. I guess quick baseball, Dodgers are on fire, Brewers are on fire, the Cubs have collapsed. Uh that's what I got for uh, baseball. Okay. I think it's more than what I got. Um, <laughs> the If you check out the link in the show notes, it takes you everywhere you need to go. You can follow us on social media. You can share it with your friends and they can, they can pick where they want to listen to the show. Um, you can send us an email with your thoughts on how you, what you think of the takes, all that good stuff. Um yeah, everything he needs in that link. And 
I think that's it. I think we will just we will see you on the next one. We will see how these finals go here in the NBA. Yep, can't wait. I got Suns in five. Hope it's four. And yeah. All right.